0: Hey guys, how are you listeners, family, friends? How are you guys? Um, Happy New Year. Um, I'm so glad that we all made it to 2021. Um, I know life has been totally different since the pandemic, Um, and I pray that you guys are um, in a great space. Um, I really thank you guys for listening to my podcast thus far. I've seen that even with the lack there of episodes that I still had some listeners I really do appreciate you guys tremendously um, for listening to my story Um, the pandemic has been totally just a whirlwind you know working had to adjust from working from home kids and virtual learning Um, it was a lot so I really you know pray that you guys are making it through that um so coming into this year um I went through something last year and it just inspired me to make this episode today so the name of this episode will be a mother's womb um I had a lot of experiences with pregnancy um shall I say I had had pretty much I went through a lot in regards to pregnancy. so I was pregnant last year. Um, and it was a it was just a whirlwind of things that happened from they saying you know they thought that the baby would be diagnosed with this, that he wound up being uh, preterm. Um, I went to labor very early, ten weeks early to be exact, and um, he just came home from the NICU um, on January the thirtieth. And when he was in the NICU, that was an experience. Um, And, you know, when you have a baby or you're pregnant and you're planning for your... I had a great gender reveal. Shout out to my cousin, Tamara; She did an amazing job. And um, then, you know, we were starting the process of planning um, the baby shower. But then the pandemic had started kind of going back in a um, state of where the virus was starting to be very dangerous again not that it lacked um it's just that in the summertime um cases were few in my state um and then it started to pick up around fall summer I mean I'm sorry fall winter so then right after on Thanksgiving I spent my Thanksgiving in a hospital for most of the day and then my son came on, um, on November the 30th um so that was just something. So when I when I refer to a mother's womb, um, I've had a stillborn, I've had um, a miscarriage, and um, my oldest son, who is now um, thirteen years old, um, he was um, early as well. I had him at thirty five weeks. Um, I started to go into labor with him at. I believe I was like around six months, so I had to kind of go do the same thing that I want with my son now. So um, I have two children, and um, my son, my youngest son, um, he was something that me and my husband prayed for. And, you know, I prayed for all of my children to be exact. Um, I knew um, early on that I wanted children and i just wanted to love them and it just really made me think about all of the things that we as women go through in regards to pregnancy and um so i wanted to kind of share some of my experiences and the things that um elaborate a little bit more on the things that i did to kind of help me get through some some things that were tough such as the stillborn and the miscarriage and then also with my two children my oldest son is again he's 13 and my youngest son is roughly two months in a day or two days and um, they came early so how the difference between one I was my, my oldest son I was able to bring him home when I left the hospital um, my youngest son I had to take I had to leave without being able to take him home. So that was an experience going to the hospital, um, pretty much him being very small to him gaining weight, losing weight, having to be picked and probed and all of the things that I had to go do with that. So that'll be the last thing I touch on. Um, So to begin, um, I'll say at the age of, I was young with my very first pregnancy I'm just going to be very transparent um, I was 15 when I was pregnant with my um, a very first child uh, I had to have um, or my grandmother was the guardian and at that age you kind of aren't or, or I'll say I didn't know the uh, I didn't know the laws at the time. I didn't know that if I would have contest to not have an abortion, that I could have very well did that. Went to the doctors. Now, at that age, I was very vulnerable. Um, I did not think that it was even possible for a person like myself to even get pregnant, okay? I know that's very childlike, but I was a child. So, uh, my very first child, I found out I was pregnant. Now, I'm not gonna quote how far along in the pregnancy I was but um, I went to the doctors the doctor told my grandmother and then I found out after I went to the restaurant and um, my grandmother opted for me to have an abortion Um, now this isn't in regards to saying that there was anything wrong with my grandmother's decision at the time I want that to be very clear Um, I was a child it was no way that a child needed to have a baby that was just the, um, realistic aspect at the time. Um, so I don't fault my grandmother, whether I wanted it or not, I don't hold her responsible for whatever, um, happened. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of point that out, but I did not want the abortion and, um, I went through with it. You're 15. You, you don't know anything about it. Mind you, it's your first pregnancy. You have no idea and um i went went to the hospital had the abortion the side effects that i had were very painful uh my um stomach was a knot hated it i was mad and um i vowed to myself that any other pregnancy after that i don't care i'm not having an abortion okay so with going through the abortion, um, I felt very guilty. Uh, I, one, I was, I was a child. I didn't even think I could get pregnant. I was with my longtime boyfriend at the time. And I was like so naive. I was so naive. And when I found out I was pregnant, it was a normal thing where I grew up, you know, for babies to have babies. So I just knew I was going to be the baby with the baby. And, um, he was very, um, well-known as for in regards to his basketball playing so I just you know it was going to be if it's a boy he's going to play basketball too if it's a girl she's going to be you know very beautiful chocolate you know you go do the whole thing go oh, I'm going to make sure my kids are loved and all of those things and you kind of don't realize that you're a child and my grandmother would have very well had to take care of that child as well so I just her mindset do I agree no I don't believe in abortions um, but I had no choice at that very age so let's switch to uh, I believe I um, got pregnant again at I want to say it was still 15 I got pregnant again very soon after that yes I knew um, at this time that I could get pregnant but I wanted to get pregnant um, I want it now it's like okay I know I can have a baby so I want a baby and around the time when I got pregnant um, there were a lot of things that me and my um, then boyfriend at the time went through he had just his grandmother I was going to do my own thing in regards to my family and my mom she was in and out of um, jail things of that nature my dad was gone so I wanted something that was going to love me back even if he left. So I wanted a baby. And um, I remember him texting me and saying that he he wanted to make a baby as well. So, doing everything that you do. And I got pregnant again. Um, I found out very soon after. Um, at the time, my cycle was very regular. And we went to hospital appointments and I'm sorry, prenatal appointments is the um, term. And I went to sonogram appointments, everything was okay. Uh, roughly, I'm gonna say around five months or so. I don't want to quote the weeks, I just know in between they were telling us that uh, that son would have, cause it was a boy, we found out it was a boy and that he would have heart problems. And I had to kind of stop stressing. Now at the time, because he was in, he played basketball, things of that nature, people looked at me as if I was trying to get a bag. And that just wasn't the case. I loved him. I was in love with him and I wanted children. I wanted us, you know, to kind of be together. And um, so I was so stressed out because everybody kept making comments like that, that I was just trying to secure my future. And it was just like, you know, he don't have any money now. We're both children. He lives with his mother, I live with my grandmother. You know, if I'm gonna secure the bag, I'm gonna wait till he gets the bag to do it. Um, so I was very stressed out during that pregnancy. And I remember um, we had to go to um, a son and grandma appointment. And because we were young, again, so if I was 15, he was 16, he was a year older than me. And I had to go to an appointment. And he um, didn't have any bus fare. And I went to the doctor's, and uh, he had just walked in, literally had just walked in to the um, appointment. And we go to the back, and they're doing a sonogram, you know, there's the baby's hands, feet, toes, etc. And they were listening for a heartbeat, but it was like, Nothing. So then they listened to mine's, but at the time I didn't know what they were. I thought that mine's was his. I thought that it was the baby's heartbeat. Why would they listen to mine's? I'm, I'm, you know, perfectly fine. So they're like, okay, we're gonna go chat with the doctor. We'll be right back. Come back in. The doctor, they say the doctor wants to speak with us now. Sometimes you have doctors that will come in the room with you with the sonogram, but then we went to his office. And it was around 4th of July weekend, 2005. And they, he sat us down and he was asking me questions. You know, what did you do, et cetera? Did you eat? Were you stressed? I was like, no, it was a great weekend. I watched the fireworks because where I lived at, um, at the time, you could see the fireworks if you were right there. So... (laughs) I th- you know, I, was, I, was, I thought the baby move. I thought the baby kick when I was on my way down here. So, um, lo and behold, the baby had passed away. Okay. So, I left. I left straight out. I'm like, no, you guys don't know what you're talking about. It's nothing wrong with my child. My child is here. And, um, no. And they made it very crystal clear that I had to deliver the baby um soon because they didn't we didn't want the um we did not want they did not want things to kinda leak in my bloodstream and that nature. Okay. Um so I had my services was tightly shut at the time um, so I had to I had to have them and I'm
1: sorry
0: uh, I had to have these four pills um, I do not remember the name but they had to kind of insert them and um, it's supposed to help you dilate, soften the cervix, make it open up, things of that nature. They give you all the type of medicines, through your IV uh, that, could, you know, kind of help it in the bloodstream. It's a little bit faster. Um, they put these, um, so I only had dilated like a few centimeters. So then in order for me to get to the Big Ten and kind of push them out, because uh, they had to break my water as well, um, they put in what is called like CV sticks. So it looks like two, you go outside and you break a branch and break it into like two little pieces and then you have two sticks, Um, not long sticks, maybe something you could put like between your, um, your index finger and your thumb and hold it up. It was like that size, they put them in. Now that kind of had you dilating and you then are in labor. So I'm in labor. I'm taking, you know, the meds. I, you know, get an epidural. Just like anybody else, the only difference is, you know, my baby is not alive. And I had him. Now, before you do that, the hospital, because every hospital is different. They asked me, um, did I want to hold him? So, at first, I was like, no. Time changed. Time went on. I said, yes, I agreed to hold him, look at him, things of that nature. Um, me... Uh, my boyfriend his mom and my grandmother were in the room when um, I pushed the baby out so once you do that you don't get a stay in a hospital like most women they kind of you know make sure you're okay and then you in my case I went home the very next day uh, and you're so young that You don't even grasp what happened. I just knew that I wasn't coming home with the baby. After I felt to move and kick and all of these things like that, I'm not going home with the baby. And at the time, I was just so lost. Uh, I was so devastated. I did not understand for the life of me why. You know, why? You know, it was all kinds of girls in my neighborhood that were pregnant and were doing all kinds of things that didn't, you know, wasn't beneficial to the child. And here I am taking my pills, doing the things that I'm supposed to do, and I'm the one that loses my baby. Oh, man, to be in a state like that is just so horrible. And then you're a child at that. You know, you have no business even thinking about those things, but yet and still, It happens to you, and now you are facing life, adult problems as a child. Um, I couldn't sleep. I ain't sleep for months. I was like a zombie. I would stay up all night, and I would sleep during the day because I was afraid that something would happen to me. Um, I had got very depressed very depressed Um, but I didn't know how to say it you know in um, the black community you're kind of taught to just kind of handle the thing you're not taught to say hey I feel like I'm losing my mind you know so I kind of went through all of that alone Um, yeah I was I was just very depressed (laughs) it was so bad it was so bad so As time go on, I get a little bit older, and um, I remember going to church, and I was talking to um, my aunt and her sister, or it was kind of weird in my family dynamic, but I was talking to um, them in the kitchen, and uh, I was telling them how depressed I was. I was telling them how sad I was. I was just telling them, and I was just telling them how I felt like I was gonna lose my mind. And I remember them praying for me. That very instance, just stopping, praying, talking to me, talking. And, and that was the first time at that point, because at this point I had went six months without talking about it at all. Went back to school, because I, I was, <laughs> I had them in July. So we're off for summer break. Um, my friends knew I was pregnant when I was leaving. So then I come back, they want to see the baby. There's no baby. I took pictures of my child to school but he wasn't alive. You just again those things you you don't even realize how damaged you were until you're older. And I thought it was I thought it was something and people people didn't want to see that. It was it was just horrible. You but it's my baby. I wanna show my baby off. But, you know, you just don't realize that it's not. I remember um and I'm sorry, I'm gonna go back to the praying, but I did wanted to jump. I remember when there was an event at the hospital and it would be for women who lost children. And I went and <laughs> it was so, and I'm not laughing, I'm, you know, I apologize. But for me at the time, it was so dep- it was so depressing. I wouldn't want that for anyone um not even my worst enemy i wouldn't want anyone to go do that you go there and it's like funeral music and they handing you like these little card things or like a brochure that's kind of like um uh, obituary and it's it was just so depressing and my aunt at the time she was like no i'm taking you out of here because i just don't think that you would ever want to put a woman in that kind of um depressing type of environment she's already had to go home she probably got baby stuff at the time for me I didn't even get a chance to have like a baby shower or anything so I didn't have anything but it was the fact of other women who were further along it just was such a depressing environment um so go back to my aunt's talking so we prayed and um the prayer and they told me how um Life works in a sense of how God will never leave you and even when you feel like you're at rock bottom. And as time went on, I got back in church. So then with that, okay, I made it to the other side. I still struggle with it at times. Uh, I don't want to ever forget him. He was my, you know, very first child, even though he wasn't physically breathing. I I, I felt to move I felt to kick Uh, and in 2007 I get pregnant again now I'm 18 I think I'm an adult and the history behind that was something different I still was with the boyfriend but he was in Tallahassee and I was still in Baltimore and I met my son, um, I, my oldest son that's living, his name is Makai. And I met Makai's um, dad on a street that I lived on called Robertson Street. And, yeah, I, was not, I, I talked about him previously in, in one of the other um, episodes. So if you want to know about that whole situation, I suggest that you go there uh but anyway i had my son and i was pregnant and i would say roughly same thing six months they didn't say anything was wrong with his heart but i started having contractions uh, early and i had to get steroid shots so they put steroid shots for his lungs because you know when you're having a baby the lungs are the very last thing that develops and i was two centimeters dilated when i got to the hospital and they gave me these steroid shots. They did everything to stop the um the contractions. Same thing. Happened again a few months later. Uh, and then at that point they were telling me to kind of rest and you know, don't do this, don't do that, etc. Um, he wound up coming, my mucus plug had, you know, came undone. Um and the, I had to go in, they broke my water, I had my son on July the twentieth. And it was an experience because after I had him, uh, me and his father kind of gets into it. Because at the time, again, I had a boyfriend. Of course, uh, you know, once you tell him that you're pr- I told him the truth. I told him I was pregnant by someone else. And of course, he breaks up with me. But we still were talking. I loved him. And my... uh son's father did not understand that so after I had my son I called my boyfriend because that's who I wanted to be with and um yeah we argued my blood pressure was like very high the nurse had to come in and kind of tell us to calm down so um, from that point on from July the 20th on down I pretty much was a single mom pretty much was a single mother pretty much am still until I became, or until uh, I met my husband, I was a single mother. And uh, after that, time goes on, I meet my husband. So that's where we kind of are now. Meet my husband, I met him on August the 10th, uh, 2011. And we met at a clothing store that I was a large prevention agent for at the time and we met we fell in love we were married so right after we were married we both wanted children we wanted children very much he wanted you know he was a little bit older um he's three years older than me uh so he really wanted children so we tried and we tried and we tried and uh, we first we thought it was him because I'm like you know I'm I'm cool you know I have, I have a child I got pregnant before etc I'm fine so we go get him checked it's not him I find out I was diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome and that was probably the worst experience I've had because I went to so many different doctors before we actually got the diagnosis. Because I've gained, when you're happy, I'll say, I felt I gained weight. I went from maybe a buck 75 when he met me to like 210. And then I got bigger after that. So my highest weight was 245. And I was, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm happy. You know, this is what you do when you're happy. You gain weight, you eat, you you know, you do all those things. But then my cycle stopped coming. So then it's like, okay, you know, maybe if I lose weight. So, of course, you go do all these different diet treatments. And you go do all of these different things. And you're trying and you're trying. They put me on medicine to make me come on my, my cycle. And then I had all types of medication that I was taking to get pregnant. We tried that process for at least. I'm going to say at least seven years. I want to say more so eight because I feel like we were trying from the very moment that we, you know, got together because he always told me that he wanted kids and I made it known that I wanted more children. But as far as being a married couple, we tried for a good seven years. People done prayed over me, prayed over my womb, all types of things. Uh, But I don't think we were ready at the time. And I, I, I was trained for myself. Um, I was still mad at my son's father, I was still mad at my mother, I was still mad at my dad. I, was, I, was, I had so many people, so much anger inside of me. Not to mention I didn't forgive myself for losing my very first child. I blamed that on me. I was stressed out. Had I not been stressed out, this would have never happened. Had I not had the first abortion, It would have never happened. I would have been able to have kids now with someone who wanted to marry me and not make me a baby. So you go do all this stuff. You go do all these thoughts. You go do all these feelings and emotions. And you don't understand why I can't. I'm married now. Why can't I not get pregnant? What is wrong? So I was in a church service. No, no, before we go to the church service, I'm sorry. Uh, I misspoke. So we, me and my husband, we prayed. We prayed for years. We prayed and 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 we believed because we've seen what God could do in our very lives. Me and my husband was homeless. Me and my husband went through in our marriage. It's only by the grace of God today that we are what we are today involving our money and involving our walk. involving our marriage jobs etc so we prayed this is why they say be very specific about what you pray for so we prayed God please allow us to get pregnant to know that we can get pregnant that was our very specific prayer we didn't realize it at the time but that was what we prayed for so, in year 2019, I get pregnant. Six weeks into my pregnancy, I started bleeding. Goes to the hospital, they said I was having a threatening miscarriage. So, still had the chance of the baby surviving, but they saw where the sac was kind of... Um, Not attached to the uterine wall, so I had a miscarriage. Devastating. He cried. I cried. Now I lost two kids, and it's and 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 it's my fault. It was my fault from the very beginning. It's it's my fault. Nobody could ever take that away. It's my fault. I. You're a mother. You're supposed to protect the children from the very moment that they're created. Okay. Very devastating for both of us. We really wanted a baby. So fast forward to sometime later in the year, uh, I decided that I really wanted to take control of my health. Um, because with being diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome, a lot of the times it's because of obesity, of the traits of not coming on your cycle, of, um, the facial hair and other forms and the infertility issues that you had. So I started the keto diet. It really worked for me. And, um, I started going to the gym. I went to the gym like five times a week. Maybe four, depending on the day, but a lot of times, five times a week. And I went to classes. So I would do kickboxing. I did cycling, which became my favorite exercise, and Zumba. Lost a pretty amount of great weight. Loved it. <laughs> loved it. Loved how I looked. Loved how mentally I was stable. Loved how spiritually I was just where I needed to be. Loved it. So we go to church and. Uh, My cousin, the cousin that I spoke to in the beginning that gave me a beautiful gender reveal. Um, She said that God told her to tell me that until I forgave my mother, that was a lot of the issues I had in regards with my infertility issues. So then my family, um, all kinds of generations, we started working on forgiveness. And like I'm not, you know, because when you think that you really forgave somebody, until you really start having to work that thing out, and then like, no, I didn't forgive a soul. I was totally wrong. I there's nothing that's, you know, that I'm supposed to be. No, this is. I didn't forgive nobody. (laughs) So still working on forgiveness. Really, really took it for everything for what it was worth. Really started looking into forgiving my mom. And I did an episode on her, and I know even at that time, I thought that I had, you know, this was this and this was that. I really realized that I really didn't have any type of forgiveness to her as much as I thought. I wasn't as far as I thought I was. I still stand by what I said in my first episode. It was the very first episode I did for the second one. So I still stand by that, but I have grown to know that there were a lot of things that I still have to even work on to this day. So while I'm not where I was, I'm not where I quite want to be yet. I'm working on it. But I forgive her. And it's a daily thing. It's daily. Because when you're hurt to the core, you really have to learn how to forgive from for real, from your heart, the way Christ forgives. So, quite not there, but I'm definitely not where I was. And I really started working on it, working on my weight, working on just being exactly who I wanted Marquita to be. I wanted to be Marquita, not Kita, not, you know, whatever nickname other people have for me to call me Mark, etc. I wanted to be authentically Marquita. And I wanted to love. And that's, you know, kind of where I am now. I just want to love. So I really started working on that, working with my family. Some days was harder than the others. Some days, you know, because it's like, whoa, Lord, you know, there's a lot. Me and my husband said we was going to start the process again. So, the first time we got pregnant, we went. I had to take medication to help me ovulate and come on my cycle. Oh, worst painful experience ever. It was a painful experience. Painful. But, you know, we got exactly what we prayed for. We asked God to get us pregnant so that we know we can get pregnant. So, then when we prayed again, we had to be specific. We had to be specific. Mm. very very specific so we prayed that God no matter the sex that we wanted to have a baby we wanted to get pregnant and we wanted to go full term we wanted to be healthy anything that you can name in regards to the pregnancy that's what we said so that it could be very crystal clear of what we're requesting I found out I was pregnant in May so this is like of last year so 2020 So now we're home from the pandemic um, and during that time oh my goodness me and my mother in love had really grown to have discussions and my brother in love and um, my stepfather in love it was just like we all and my cousin we would sit and have talks by the fire pit and we really did a lot of um, healing during that process so not only am I working with my family with my family and healing we're also working with my husband's family and healing so now we're healing all those broken pieces that we thought would hold. so we get pregnant amazing because I didn't even know I had no idea and I always would take a bunch of pregnancy tests. And always would be discouraged, wishing that it would show two lines, praying that it would show two lines, just hoping, putting it to a light. I'm talking about taking a test, taking a light from my phone, putting it in the back and just praying that it'll be two lines. I woke up one morning, 7 a.m., went to the nearest store and... I came back, took the pregnancy test. My husband was asleep, and I seen them two lines. The first line came first, and then the second one. Oh, I came upstairs, and I rang to my husband, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. And we were so happy. I was crying. I called my cousin. I called my grandmother. And we went to the doctors. They confirmed the pregnancy, so I'm pregnant. We went to sonograms now during the pandemic. It was very hard during the pandemic to be pregnant. Um, so I it has its pros and cons. Pro, I was able to work from home during my pregnancy. Con any doctor's appointment that I had, um, my husband could not go, so he couldn't go to sonogram appointments, he couldn't go to any appointment that I had. He pretty much had to be on the phone. So I get, I'm, I'm, I was. You know pregnant not that long ago with my youngest baby um his name is Alan. and during that pregnancy this is when faith is tested now we prayed i told you we, we paid a, prayed a specific prayer during that pregnancy anything that you think that you can hear as a parent uh, or as a woman who's had issues with pregnancy so now at this point, I've had stillborn. I've had a miscarriage. I've had uh, a child born early, not made into full term. So he was five weeks early. And now I'm pregnant with this baby. And I've also had an abortion. So now I'm pregnant uh, in 2020. And they, oh, he's very small. So we need to get the genetic testing to make sure that he doesn't have down syndrome, and he doesn't have these. Um, we need to get this type of testing because he's not long enough. Uh, we, you know, due to me being overweight, because now during the pandemic, I wasn't able to go to the gym as much as I was. I lost like 25 pounds that time. So now I've gained that 25 pounds back immediately. So I'm no longer working out. You know, so now I've gained that weight. So due to my obesity, that that's running the risk of having preeclampsia and all of those things. I had to take a uh, baby aspirin to protect the placenta. They said that uh, he has a flap that's open in his heart. So he may have had to have uh, heart surgery and we had to go see a cardiologist. And uh, it was a number of things. It's just like way too many to even explain and we're pregnant so now with all of these doctors appointments and then I'm high risk because my blood pressure is through the roof while I'm pregnant that's showing signs of preeclampsia but I never got preeclampsia so uh, thank God for that So even with all the negative that the doctors are saying God showed me who he was in that time uh When I went to the cardiologist to look at my son's heart, she said, why? Why are you here? I don't understand why they sent you here. Oh, it's just a little flap that'll close up, you know, when he's born. And so no matter what it looked like, you know, God was still in control. So I want to kind of fast forward here. Come to um, November the 20th, I believe Thanksgiving was on the 26th of 2020. I believe. So I woke up and I was having some type of discharge. So I go to the hospital. Uh so long story short, I was three centimeters dilated. I was I was like I was like three or five. It was one of those numbers. And I couldn't believe it because I, I didn't know I had any contractions at all. <laughs> I was home, I was where I just got off of work the day before. There's no way I can even have control. I came here for this and you're telling me that I'm okay. I'm like, no, I, I can't have this baby early, please. I cannot have this baby early. Okay. So they let me come home, we come home. My grandmother was at my house for Thanksgiving, etc. So we wind up eating, <laughs> you know. So then, you know, after Thanksgiving, you kind of go back into your regular program in the sense of working, you know, for those who, will go after. I took off the day after, I believe, and we wound up going to my cousin's house. So this is on November the 29th when I went to my cousin's house. Goes to her house and my auntie kept saying, "Girl, are you sure you're going to make it to February the 7th? That was my due date. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to make it to February the 7th, I think. I said, as long as I make it to, you know, where you're kind of out of the woods. And I had I was having contractions. So I goes to the bathroom and so said, my cousin, oh, is she like, you okay? I'm like, yeah. I said, I think I'm going to go home and just lay down. Goes to the bathroom. I said, I think I'm going to go to the hospital. So then when me and my husband get in the car, the contractions are starting to come. They're starting to come. And... um and uh so we get to the hospital and um, you have to get a COVID test before your spouse is able to come to the back so I'm in the back having contractions by myself of course there are nurses and staff there but I'm a husband so they got away from my test to come back. You take an hour to get your COVID test back. So I get my test back. He finally is able to come in the room. I'm having attractions. they're like hitting so hard. I'm like, they didn't hit this hard when I was pregnant with my first, well, with with Makai. Or even the first, you know, they didn't know some, you know, so they're like, we need to get a sonogram. They keep checking my cervix. I went from five centimeters to six centimeters to seven. So at seven centimeters, I was like, baby, I just need to get an um, epidural. So they go to get me an epidural. And the guy is, ugh, it was such a horrible experience. The guy was doing it wrong. And he didn't make me feel comfortable. And... It was just like one thing after the next. So they're like, we need to check you again to see if the baby has moved because you're, uh, uh, 30 weeks pregnant. He could slip. So I'm like, okay. So they check me again, and they told me the risk of having the, you know, the people from the NICU or the doctors, the staff from the NICU they come and talk to you. But you're just like, no. They're gonna stop these contractions. I'm not gonna have my baby. So you're not even thinking. About the Nikki, you don't even fully understand what they're saying because you just don't want to go into preterm labor. So I'm getting the upper door, and they lift the bed up. So it's kind of like my feet is kind of like dangling, and I got I got so emotional. I asked the guy. To stop the uh, anesthesiologist, ask them to stop because um, I just couldn't take the pain of the epidural. So then they, they say, uh, Miss Washington, you have to go into emergency C-section right now. So they telling Dad, my husband, to you know put these kind of scrubs on and give us a few moments. We'll be right back for you. And I'm like, do I have to go under? general anesthesia because I don't want to do that. I want to epidural. I want to epidural. I want to be coherent. I don't want to be under. So I say depending on the circumstances that are determined. So I'm like, there's nothing else that we could do. You're kind of talking these things out quick because if anyone's ever been do that, they kind of move. You don't have it as if you're going to do vaginal birth and you're just, they're moving. It's emergency. I say, please, 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 just let me get an door. I really don't want to go on anesthesia, I don't want to go on anesthesia so they're, you know so you're like, okay, but if you can't get the door because you already, you know, took 30 minutes for this guy, then no so I'm like, please so they, so the first uh, thing that we were going to do was, they were going to um, have me on the epidural and then they were going to go in and they were going to move Allen. they were going to try to twist them so that I could push him out vaginally. They say we're unable to do that. And then I believe that they started making, because I was able to get the epidural, and then they started making their incision. So they cut me across first, which is like a bikini cut. So they cut me before my husband came in there, and I was very upset about that. But this is later down the road when we find out. So then my husband comes in there they're doing all the cutting I lost a liter of blood and we were in there so I had my son um, on November the 30th I believe it was at 1237 and we were in the operating room for two hours after that so them to try to you know put everything back and to kind of close me up. So, while I'm having the operation, because it, it is an operation, it changes your bodies in ways that you're, you're unable to even know about. I never wanted a C-section. It's not something that I want. Not something that I ever wanted to do. And um, I'm, I'm on the table, and I'm freezing cold. I'm shaking so bad I was afraid because I thought something was gonna happen to me. I'm shaking, I'm talking to my husband and you, you ever been so cold, Your teeth chatter? And it was just like, it was. I'm just talking, trying to talk and I'm like, what's going on? Why is it taking so long? I just wanna be up. So then my blood pressure, they're checking that, they're checking my heart rate and they doing all these things and trying to put blankets on my head, but my, the, you know, everything under my breast is exposed. The baby makes it to the NICU. We go through our, you know, the hospital stay. You're not prepared for the NICU. You might see it on TV, such shows, you know, where they may show the NICU and how preemie babies look but you never know what you're walking into so my very first time seeing my son he had what is called the bubble CPAP machine and it kind of forces air into the lungs and kind of pushes bubbles out of the mouth so he had like white foam all on his lips um, it was an experience in the NICU Picked and probe and he's so tiny you can't hold them. you gotta put your hands through the little holes and the isolate um, you, you know it's a very sometimes you can't hold them because he got so many wires or so you do hold them and you don't want the wires to pull and he, he gotta get uh, his, his, his uh, glucose levels checked every day so they pricking his foot twice a day maybe more depending if it took or not Oh, you name it—he's had it. COVID testing for him once a week. Uh, had to get a feeding tube—one was in the mouth, then he had to get it do the nose. Anything, then he had to get more genetic testing because then they thinking he has this type of um, the, uh, uh, disease that causes him to where he wouldn't be able to process or digest food the way that we do. You name it—we went through it. It is something to leave your baby and come home. See, it puts you back in a very mindset of when you lost your first child. Because you come home empty-handed. and ride home from the hospital when we had to leave. Allen and there it was a long ride. Oh man, my husband cried so big. We had to put on gospel music because anything else wouldn't have worked. We needed strength. We needed strength that passed all understanding of our human brains see until you know what it's like to have a baby and then have to leave it in the care of other people who never want to care for your children like you do oh it is tough we went to the hospital every day. Every day. They they I remember one time they had stuck him five times in his wrist trying to get blood for this genetic testing. And I'm like, Well, how many people stuck him? And they like three and I'm like he's a he's a baby. Like why? Why why would you stick him that many times? My, my car couldn't see him. We, had, we couldn't take my car. Me and my husband couldn't even go together to the hospital. We couldn't go in together. So it was because of COVID, only one person at a time. And once you leave, you can't come back to the next day. It was a very tough experience. But, even though it was tough, God granted us our baby. And our baby is alive and doing very well. Very well. He crying now. So the reason why I wanted to do this episode today because I have known women who've gotten pregnant and lost their babies had a stillborn and recently learned that some women have had children in the nickies no matter how hard it gets I dare you to trust God even when you feel off balance I dare you to trust God. I dare you to give it all to Him. He got me through. He gave me prayer warriors, family, friends that called and checked on us. He gave us a support system that we maybe didn't have before. God know what you need. But let my life be an example that you will get it, but you have to believe first. See, when we didn't believe, we didn't get it. But once we started believing and really doing the work on ourselves God has granted us that and I know he'll grant us everything everything I ever prayed for my husband my oldest son my youngest son my job everything that I've ever prayed for God has always given it to me I know he's going to heal me from anxiety because I still struggle with it at times. But I know he's going to do it. I know I'm going to feel normal. I know that I'm going to feel beautiful. Because he's done that for me already. I stop looking to him. I get distracted. So continue to look to Christ. And know that he's going to bless you with a beautiful baby. This is only... I don't want to single people out. But this is for women who are struggling with infertility issues. This is for you. Do not get distracted. Keep looking to God and do what's necessary for your health as well, so that you and your baby can make it. Even if the baby come early, you still have to do everything in your power. I had to pump to provide breast milk for my son. You know what God did? He allowed me to provide so much that I was able to help another mother. And her baby was full-time. full term. I'm sorry. So God, he allowed me to help someone. I always want to help people. Maybe financially, I can't do it the way that I want at this time. But I was still able to help somebody. And I'm able to help you too as you listen to this. That no matter how hard it gets, I don't care what the doctors say. It took doctors years to diagnose me. They kept giving me, oh, because of this, because of this, and because of that. So they really didn't know what my issue was. It took for God to tell somebody, to tell me. He he may have said it to me prior too. I just never heard him. I heard him do her. And I did what was necessary for myself. So I dare you... To trust and try God, I'm telling you, He won't fail you. He won't ever fail you. I got a beautiful baby as an example of the love that He's shown me. I used to think He didn't see me, and when I went through that, I still thought He didn't see me. But He would send somebody to send me a text or something, some money for gas because it got costly. We had to pay for gas. We were filling the car up every two days. We had to pay for the parking because the cars that they kept providing and kept expiring faster for the garage. I had to drive over east, drive back over west because we live over the west side of town. It was an experience. One that I would never wish on anybody. But I'ma tell you something, it made me stronger. Even in my times of weakness, it made me stronger. To watch my husband. To watch my husband. Give God praise. After we had him. During the time he was in the hospital. And when we brought him home. That'll change you. So I dare you to try God. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you guys. Thank you.